0: Locked on Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. What is up, Dolphins fans, and welcome to another episode of Power to the Pod. I'm your host, Kyle Krabs. Today is your show on Locked On Dolphins. If you're unfamiliar, the managing editor of USA Today's Dolphins Wire, Director of Scouting at the DraftNetwork.com, and a lifelong Miami Dolphins fan who is simply Steering the Ship, for each and every one of you today here on this Power to the Pod episode, you bring the questions, you bring the topics, you bring the hot takes, we talk about them, it's your show. Before we get there, though, before I open the floor to each and every one of you, I want to talk a little bit about the news that came through yesterday and how it implicates the Miami Dolphins. The news came through yesterday afternoon that the New York Jets had traded quarterback Sam Darnold to the Carolina Panthers for a 6th round pick in 2021 and 2nd and 4th round picks in 2022. First and foremost, good for the New York Jets for getting that level of return in picks back for Sam Darnold, a quarterback that they were very clearly going to be transitioning away from with the number 2 overall pick in this year's draft. But what the Jets do, outside of the, them being a team that the Dolphins are going to play twice a year, what the Jets are doing is less consequential to the Dolphins in the here and now than what the Carolina Panthers are doing slash have done. The Carolina Panthers, by acquiring a quarterback, acquiring a quarterback no less for second, fourth, and sixth round picks, have removed themselves from the 2021 quarterback market. Miami, when they made the decision to come from 12 back up to 6, in addition to positioning themselves to have their choice of the pass catchers, potentially all of them, in the 2021 NFL Draft, they became the gatekeepers of the second run on quarterbacks because you're expecting quarterbacks to go one two, and three. Obviously, San Francisco giving up two future ones to come up from 12 to three. Whether or not Atlanta takes one is up for debate. Cincinnati, not a team that historically trades down in the first round under their current leadership. They don't need a quarterback. They're not taking a quarterback. Penesul assumed to be the pick there alongside Jamar Chase, one of those two. Flip a coin right now. I would lean towards Penesul being the pick as things currently stand here on Monday night, April 5th, 8 o'clock p.m. So the Dolphins, depending on what the Atlanta Falcons choose to do, in addition to being in the driver's seat to have any of the four-pass catchers that they want, if the Atlanta Falcons went with a quarterback, or a team traded up with the Atlanta Falcons for a quarterback, the Dolphins would be in position to hold the keys to the castle for any team that wants to go get QB5 in a class that is perceived to have five first-round quarterbacks. But Carolina was the golden goose. Carolina was the team that you could point to and say, they've got an owner who's new, he's green, he's going to greenlight any kind of aggressive move that he can make to go out and get himself a franchise quarterback that he can sell to his fan base. And if you, don't need it, if you need any more evidence of that being the case with Sam Darnold, go look at all the cute little memes and tweets that the Carolina Panthers Twitter account put out yesterday when they acquired Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold. They're thirsty for a franchise quarterback, but the Carolina Panthers have now removed themselves from the conversation. And what they have effectively done is taken any and all potential wind out of the sails of a team like the Dolphins, who at six could have maybe been faced with the opportunity to manipulate and have Detroit and Carolina kind of bidding against one another for quarterback, that has gone from improbable-slash-unlikely, but something to monitor, slash a Goldilocks scenario for the Dolphins, uh, to improbable-slash-impossible. Because with Carolina out, what urgency does the Denver Broncos have? And if you're the Dolphins and Detroit comes calling and says, hey, if Denver comes calling and wants to trade up for a quarterback, we'll flip picks with you. No, that's not necessary because Detroit doesn't need to play defense. They have a pick that's in front of Denver. And Miami is probably not going to be willing to go back to nine for anything because now you're giving up ground to make the pick of the player that you wanted when you moved up to six. So you can take your dreams as far as I'm concerned, in all likelihood, you know, the draft is never absolute, so never say never, but you can take any hopes and dreams of aspirations that you may have had that the Miami Dolphins could finesse Carolina, Denver, and Detroit and manipulate them against one another and move back a spot and flip picks with Detroit or go back with Carolina and still get their guy and pick up extra picks and you could put it in the ground. Because Carolina being out of the market completely cuts the Dolphins down at the knees for the opportunity to leverage those teams against one another, which means the Dolphins are probably going to pick at six. The question, of course, now, who's going to be available? If I had to guess, a lot of the reports that came out, Monday's always a great day for the weekly columns between Peter King and Albert Breer. Anticipation, courtesy of, I believe it was Albert Breer. Uh, Atlanta's either going to stand pat and pick a quarterback. Or, alternatively, they're going to trade out of that pick. That is the expectation according to Albert Breer. Of course, it is lying season, uh, but there's enough smoke there that I would be inclined to believe that as well. Cincinnati, they have a dire need at the offensive line. Sewell will be on the board for them in a scenario in which quarterbacks go one through four. Positional value is going to rule the roost in a draft class in which it's non-traditional with the information collecting and what's available because of the pandemic, quarterbacks one through four, Penny Sewell at five. If you ask me to put money down, that's what it reads right now. Things can change. Can have more conversations. Teams can change their minds. Something could come out overnight about a player and completely change the dynamics. But... This quote-unquote doomsday scenario that's not really a doomsday scenario of Pitts and Chase being off the board for the Miami Dolphins at six, I don't think it's happening. Somebody's going to be there. Might be one, might be the other, might be both. But regardless of what Carolina's decision has done for the Dolphins and their opportunity to manipulate that second barrier for getting into the quarterback market, which is now dead and gone, as far as I'm concerned, Miami's still sitting pretty. And I would guess at this point in time, based on what information I know, what I read, what I hear from others who would be in the know, what others are willing to share with me, Miami will have at least one of the two of the quote unquote best available at each position. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports action. Football may be over, but the NBA, MLB, and NHL are all back in full swing. Bet Online even covers awards, television shows, and reality TV, with real time updated odds and props on just about anything that you can imagine. Bet Online has you covered for all the new scores and odds and is the best way to place your bets, plus, it's free to sign up. So, head over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online your online sportsbook experts, promo code LOCKED ON. Let's get into some iTunes reviews questions. Well, we're going to start with one from SAOTY SAOTY. Favorite pod. Thank you. You're my favorite listener, from being completely honest. Quick question. What would the potential trade compensation be if Miami completes a trade back from 6-8 to with Carolina for a quarterback? Everybody, raise your glass, pour one out briefly for this question. Uh, I did want to acknowledge your review, and thank you for it. Leave me another one, and hopefully whatever team you ask about is not going to cut you down about three hours before I record the show. Uh, But I, I think the expectation, if Miami would have been positioned To do that would have been potentially a late day two pick or an early day three pick. Uh, Sanch Daddy, five-star review, catch this, dot, dot, dot. Regarding this year's draft, who is the best pass-catching running back? I'd say it's probably Kenneth Gainwell, uh, who actually played some slot receiver. You could also probably put Demetric Felton from UCLA. So Kenneth Gainwell's from Memphis. Demetric Felton from UCLA. Both of those guys are kind of hybrids. They, they line up at receiver a little bit. If you're going to ask me pure receiver or pure running back, I would probably go with Najee Harris. Who is the best patch-catching tight end? It's Kyle Pitts. Who is the best pass-catching wide receiver? Hmm, Best hands. I'm going to classify this as best hands probably probably Devonte Smith ish five-star review from last Friday. As always, thank you for your work and providing content. Thank you for listening. What should we expect from Godsey and Studsville in terms of play calling? What will they do different from chain gaily? That's a difficult question to have context on. Um, I would like to, after we get through the draft process, go back and look at what uh, the offense looked like with with George Gotze in Houston when he was an offensive coordinator from before. See what things they did. See what overlaps with what Shane Gailey's offense looked like this year. Um, I would hope you see some of the play design. I, I think a number of the play designs for the Dolphins this past year were perfectly fine. I think it was an execution thing. I think it was a lack of of talent and creating plays down the field. There were some quarterback errors from both fits into a tongue of Aloha. So, uh, room for everybody to improve. But I thought from a play design perspective, I didn't walk away and like, man, this is a huge liability from spacing issues or anything like that. Hopefully more tempo. Definitely know that's something we would like to see more of. Bruns, Finn Finn. now that Tampa re-signed Fournette, what are the odds Javante Williams is there for Miami at 36? Would you prefer Najee at 18 and then Edge at 36, or Edge at 18 and gamble that Javante will be there at 36? Man, I, I would rather probably, unless Arizona takes a running back at 16, I would probably rather take the Edge and then see how the board falls, and if I have to get aggressive, go and gain aggressive, and snipe a team. Because that's what happened to the Dolphins this past year is they got sniped a couple of times at the end of the first round. They were reportedly interested in Cesar Ruiz. They were reportedly interested in Brandon Ayuk. Both of those teams traded them in front of Miami and took those players before the Dolphins could get there. So you can have all the interest in the world, but if you've got a team that's willing to make a move, and if I'm Miami, I'm going to be a little bit more aggressive once I make my first couple of picks. I'm not going to compromise and like get rid of 18 or anything like that. But 36... If I can manufacture and go up and, and give up a future three to move up a, a little bit and, and a five this year, I would rather do that and then look to trade down from 50 or something like that and, and manipulate the board that way and make sure I check each one of those boxes. I would rather do that than, than take the running back at 18 and just hope for the best at 36 at a more high value position. BMF 777. If you could trade the number 18 overall pick for any player in the NFL, who would it be this player does not have to be perceived as available in trade. However, a trade for only the 18th overall pick would have to be viewed as a fair swap. Thank you. Jeez. Um... If I can get a new attitude on Minka Fitzpatrick, can I say Minka Fitzpatrick, considering that's what was traded for Minka in the first place from Miami? That's a tough question. And I'd hate to hold up the whole show, but like, let me think on that one. See if I come up with a, a different answer, because I would hate for it to be Minka because there's some sour grapes there. I'm not going to lie. Uh, Georgie Griffin from Wednesday. What are your thoughts on this take? Pitts. And then Harris is the move to get this offense to the next level. You can easily play 12 personnel as base offense and easily transition from condensed sets with Tua under center to run and play action. Then next play with the same players, spread out the offense and let Tua can pick you apart with spread from the gun. That offense would be versatile, be extremely difficult to game plan and slow down. I think Travis Etienne is probably a little bit more of a versatile back than what Najee Harris is. Naji's a little bit more polished. He's just not as athletically dynamic. Uh, but the combination—you would do a really, you'd have a really hard time finding a group or a pairing of picks than Naji and Kyle Pitts that would bring more to the table as far as allowing the Dolphins to do as much as possible with the same personnel on the field. Yes, I would agree with that. I think that's a good take. Uh, Kyle Pitt's podcast, Dolphins145. Kyle, great job on all the podcasts. Uh, hope Steven Ross listens as well. Uh, Steve, if you're out there listening, cheers. Let's bring back the retro uniforms, please. And if you are listening, I appreciate uh, you listening to the show. And appreciate your consideration for all of my views for the Miami Dolphins. Dolphins145's question, How did a successful team like the Patriots utilize Rob Gronkowski? How many times was his hand in the dirt? Where were his receptions? How much of a better blocker was he than Kyle Pitts? Is Pitts a real tight end or someone who will just benefit from mismatches? Uh, Unless he can also block, he will just be defended as a big physical wide receiver and struggle creating separation. Uh, How does Pitts compare to Travis Kelsey? Uh, I think Kelsey's probably a more adequate comparison. Uh, I would still classify Pitts as more of like a Darren Waller type and Eric Rowe, We went over the numbers uh, already this offseason. His coverage in 14 games and not trying to cover Travis Kelsey and and Darren Waller, uh, Eric Rowe is phenomenal in coverage. In those two games combined, he gave up like 60-something percent of his season yardage in those two games versus the other 14. So where did the Patriots utilize Rob Gronkowski? It's an interesting question. And I know I've seen this one put through for me A couple different times so I would like to kind of answer it dig in and we're going to look at Rob career in premium stats courtesy of pro football focus because they show you uh, where players line up snaps by position okay so if we did 2020 by itself uh, 716 of Rob Gronkowski's snaps on the season 810 of them total 716 were with his hand in the dirt. If I chose to go back to, say, 2010, Rob Gronkowski, 623 of 775 snaps were with his hand in the dirt as an inline tight end. 2011, 646 of almost 1,100 snaps, so about 65%. The following year in twenty twenty was or 2012 was almost a total 50-50 split. He spent 366 snaps with his hand in the dirt, uh, 332 from the slot position, 213, also almost a 50-50 split. He only played 386 snaps on the season, 196 versus 154, advantage hand in the dirt. 2014, back to about a two-third split, uh, 426 snaps with his hand in the dirt, 282 from the slot. 2015, 246, hand in the dirt, 295 in the slot, another 210 out wide. <laughs> so that's that's almost like a 50-25-25 split. So he's, he's capable and he's done it all over the field. Uh, but I would definitely say Rob Gronkowski is a more polished, more accomplished, more powerful blocker. But Kyle Pitts and his frame does have plenty of room to add And if he can maintain his athleticism, then that's terrific. If he can't, I'd rather have him stay athletic and still be a mismatch weapon. Some of these reviews are uh, dated with their questions. Um, I want to give a shout out to Bloodaxe99. Jain Poo, deployment from Guam. Cheers. Thank you for your service. Uh, You wanted to know thoughts on double dipping on pits and waddle if the chips fell. I'm here for all of the offense, explosive offensive weapons that you can add. If you can get two pass catchers, that is a pipe dream, Uh, but it is a Goldilocks scenario as far as I'm concerned. What I would not want to do is give up extra picks. If I get Kyle Pitts and Waddle's there at 18, let's have that conversation. But what I wouldn't want to do is draft Pitts at 6 and then trade up from 18, trying to get to like 10 or 11 in front of Philadelphia or whatever and cut them off. That, too, that to me is a little too redundant. So if, if he's there and, and the board happens to fall that way, bless it. I'm ready to go. Evan, with a little bit of discourse. I'm here for this. Looks like we are going to enjoy tomorrow's show, Evan. Kyle. You've been championing Waddle for the Dolphins' first pick for weeks now, but I'm going to challenge you in the nicest way possible. And I enjoy discourse. This is good. How often do top 15 wide receivers actually end up being worth that high of a draft selection, like percentage-wise, and examples of both failures and successes? Parker was a top 15 selection, but was he actually worth that high of a pick? This is meant to challenge the draft world's thought process on wide receivers going that high, much like running backs no longer being coveted as first-round picks. Just an FYI, I'm an all-in on Sewell for the pick at six, sliding Hunt inside and having Maulers at guards and giving two a running game and more time to process the field. Okay, well, first of all, you'll like tomorrow's show because we're going to talk about Penny Sewell in depth. Second of all, in Devontae Smith's episode yesterday, we talked a little bit about the percentages like you were talking about. For first-round wide receivers from a 17-year draft span, which ones get second contracts with the team versus which ones do not. It's 27%. So the numbers suggest this is a high-risk proposition. But that's why I hope the Dolphins have their choice from all of them, because if they choose to pick one, and they can choose from all of them, I'm going to trust them to make the right decision. If the board gets cut in half, then you start playing a little bit of risky But I do think you bring up a valid point, Evan, as, ironically enough, before I even read your question... Uh, we kind of went through that on Monday's show. Shout out to a few additional reviews left uh, by Aaron 41 Hicks, Bob the house, Kr Bart Fay, MKD fan for life, Ridge Reaper. everybody. Ben McDaniel asking about 2022 prospects. I'm not ready to talk about that yet. I still gotta finish watching. 2021 class. David wants to know about QB four being there. You know Miami moved back from six to twenty with Chicago. Uh, would twenty at one in 2022 and a one in 2023 be out of the question? I think if Miami was offered that, you'd have to have that conversation. I just don't think Chicago is going to offer that for QB four. To be completely honest, but if some team is willing to give the Dolphins the same thing they were offering Seattle for Russell Wilson, yeah. I think Miami should take it. I just don't think that's going to materialize for them, unfortunately. RockAuto.com is a family business who's been providing auto parts customers with high-quality service online for the last 20 years. So whether you're shopping for engine control modules or brake parts or taillights, motor oil, or even new carpet for your classic or daily driver, RockAuto.com has everything you need in one easy-to-navigate catalog, and in just a few clicks, you can get everything you need delivered directly to your front door. Best of all, prices are the same at rockauto.com for both professionals and do-it-yourselfers, so why would you shop anywhere else and spend up to twice as much for the same parts? So visit rockauto.com for all your auto parts needs, and write locked on in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all of the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. We're going to bring this thing home with some Twitter questions, and there's no shortage of them, so I'm going to do my best to move quickly and tackle as many of these as I possibly can. The first one today coming from William. Now Zach Wilson is the presumptive second overall pick to the Jets. How should Dolphins fans feel about him as the Jets quarterback now that we will face him twice a year? Yeah, I I think I have Zach Wilson graded higher than I had Sam Darnold graded coming out. Uh, Zach Wilson's going to be a top 15 player for me personally in this year's class, which I do in accordance with my work over at thedraftnetwork.com. My ranking on Sam Darnold back in 2018, he was my 46th rated player in that draft class. So I wasn't super high on Sam Darnold. I think Zach Wilson's got better physical tools to work with, but I will say this. Zach has good results with bad process at times, and that could potentially lead to some growing pains. And depending on what that acclimation period looks like for him, there could be a window in which his development is stunted, much like what happened with Sam Darnold. So, For an opportunistic defense like the Dolphins, who are going to throw a lot of looks at you, guy coming out of BYU, I think the Dolphins will have the opportunity, at least early in Zach Wilson's career, until we get a better feel of what kind of pro quarterback he's going to turn into, to really mess with his psyche on game day and create some mistakes, create some turnovers. And that's going to be good news for the Dolphins, because if they want to continue to contend, They need to stay ahead of the New York Jets. They have a head start, but they need to continue to move in the right direction, and that includes staying better at the quarterback position. Wade, if you were a betting man, what do you think the odds are that Miami comes out of the first round without a pass catcher and a running back? So, has to be a combo of the two. I would say it's probably 1-3. in Uh, I think a pass catcher is a slam dunk, whether it comes at 6 or it comes at 18. That pass catcher is going to happen, make no mistake. And based on what we know about the Dolphins and their decision to move back up, that's going to be the pick at 6. Give it a 50-50 shot at 18. I'm not sure whether you weigh it out from a positional value perspective versus a team needs perspective versus the risk of not getting one of those three running backs back on the board at 36. That's where my uncertainty lies in this. Gregory, any possibility of a trade back after the Donald trade, as we talked about earlier, I lean no. Uh, I'm, I'll, I'll never say never, but I would lean heavily into it's going to be improbable that the Dolphins will find any market to move back from six at this point. Sebastian, five-star review. Too bad we can't do that here on Twitter. I respect the effort. What are your thoughts on Tevin Jenkins, the offensive tackle from Oklahoma State? I wouldn't mind to see Miami go with a pass catcher at 6, and if he's there at 18, he can play right tackle, and you can shift Hunt to guard. Yes, if they wanted to go with an offensive lineman. Tevin Jenkins at 17, or at 18, you would have to worry about him getting past the Raiders at 17, but if he's still on the board past Miami's pick at 18, He's likely going to go in one of the next three picks to Chicago, Washington, or Indianapolis. So this is the sweet spot for, he is a nasty dude, man. Like he will punch you right in the face. He he might be the meanest offensive lineman in this year's class. And him playing on the right-hand side is kind of a perfect complement to where Robert Hunt is. He has, Robert Hunt has more positional flexibility than what Austin Jackson does, in my opinion. And you can kind of get better at multiple spots by moving Robert Hunt inside. Hunt (laughs) next to Tevin Jenkins would be a nasty duo to work with. I just don't know if offensive line is going to get that attention early on. If Miami's going to go offensive lineman in the first 50 picks, you would assume that it's based off of the center position, which was a report that came out from the Miami Herald yesterday. I get a handful of questions about what the probabilities are of what The Atlanta Falcons can do. Everybody knows the Cincinnati Bengals. You're kind of looking at either Jamar Chase or Penny Sewell. But what about Atlanta 4? I would give them probably a 50% chance of trading out of this pick for a quarterback. I would give them probably a 33% chance of staying at that pick and picking a quarterback for themselves. Because Matt Ryan is not an ideal fit at this point in time for Arthur Smith's offense. And the Atlanta Falcons, if everything goes according to plan with this coaching hire, will never be in this position again. And you are guaranteed, if you are the Atlanta Falcons, to have one of Trey Lance and Justin Fields on the board for you to pick it for. That, for me, would be the pick that I would expect Atlanta to prioritize, but if they go a different direction... You know, trading, trading out is appealing because you can get into a position to add some defensive help. They really don't need a ton of offensive help. But is passing on the quarterback a risk that they want to take? If they do, it's probably best player available, which at that juncture would be Kyle Pitts. So that's the big conflict for the Dolphins. The good news is I would put the odds in favor of the Falcons not drafting Kyle Pitts at this point in time just because of positional value of tight ends versus quarterbacks, Matt Ryan being at the end of his road, having a new head coach in Arthur Smith that's going to run a different style of offense, all of those things add up. I think Atlanta's a real contender, or that four spot, I should say, is a real contender for a quarterback to come off and make it 4-for-4. Four four. Start, cut, bench. I like this one, JC. Okay, Jack. Wilson, Preston, Hearns. I am starting Wilson, I am benching Preston Williams, and I'm cutting Alan Hearns. Preston is ideal for a backup role. The durability questions there have me real apprehensive to continue to put him into a starring, starting role. Albert Wilson, I think you've got more depth behind him in the slot. I think that's a group the Dolphins will be able to mix and match and interchange, and Limbo and Junior could step into that if need be. And Alan Hearns, for me, just really doesn't move the needle. Mike wants to know why Chargers fans are so obsessed with Tua. Man, the the Twitter drama between Chargers fans and Dolphins fans and Bengals fans and Cardinals fans, and everybody wants to talk trash on Tua. I wish I had an answer. Um, <laughs> Dolphins Twitter, in my experience, has been fairly benign and, and minding their own business and, and talking amongst themselves. I'm sure there are some Chargers fans that that feel vindicated that you know they got hammered for drafting Justin Herbert when Tua Tagovailoa before the draft was perceived as the better player, and then Justin Herbert, there's no denying, goes out and has the better rookie season and he rewrites the rookie passing records and so on and so forth and they all probably felt some way when that pick was first made so they they want to feel vindicated and get their rocks off on Twitter um, not really interested in getting involved in that but I do think it is ironic how many Chargers fans who talk trash now you go back from last March and early April and they're tweeting screenshots of photos jersey swaps of Tua Tagovailoa and jersey swaps for the Chargers I'm just saying. Good for you guys. Congratulations. He had a great rookie season. Careers are not made in one year or nine games or 15. This one comes from Greg. If we were to go get through the draft and don't get any edge help, should the team look into Jadavion Clowney? If he's still out there and he wants to play, my concern for Clowney is he's held out and he's kind of bet on himself and really bet on his ability to to generate a market for himself. It's blown up in his face each of the last two years. If he's desperate to play, okay, we can have that conversation. But if he's desperate to play, how motivated is he going to be? And I don't have that answer. And Because of that, I'm a little apprehensive on going that direction. So, yes, I suppose that's something we should not close the door on, but the price would have to be right for Miami. And even then, I don't know how much you should put your eggs in that basket. Last question of the day. Brian, I don't like the idea of taking a running back at 18, especially when we really need an edge. If Javante Williams is not there at 36, how do you feel about Kylan Hill? I feel like Hill is a juiced-up version of Miles Gaskin. Versatile, but also a load to bring down. Uh, Productive in 2019 as a rusher. Played in Mike Leach's air raid system for, I think it was one or two games for Mississippi state and then sat out the rest of the season, caught like eight passes for 135 yards or something like that. And a touchdown against LSU in the season opener and an upset win against the defending national champion LSU Tigers. There's some stuff to like here. Um, I just don't know that he's going to bring you the, between the tackle stuff that Miami is presumably hoping to add. And for that reason, I like Trey Sermon from Ohio State. He had a great pro day, good explosive numbers. He's looking healthy. Ramondre Stevenson from Oklahoma. The Dolphins got their hands on him at the Senior Bowl. I think guys who are more proficient between the tackles is probably the direction that they're going to go, especially as they look to continue to space out the field. That's just my gut reaction. That's not to say that they won't choose to go that way, but I think you have in Miles Gaskin, a guy who at the NFL level has proven himself plenty competent in the passing game hope you guys enjoyed this episode of power to the pod i always enjoy hearing from each and every one of you i am your host here on locked on dolphins kyle krabs hit subscribe keep it locked in right here on locked on dolphins come back and see me again we got three more shows this week A soul discussion tomorrow to talk about lots to look forward to hit subscribe fins up thanks as always for listening